0: Okay, be honest with me, Coach. You've thought about this. You've asked yourself the question, I wonder what it would be like if I wasn't a college coach. Oh, I can picture it now. Being home at six every night, get to watch more Netflix, wouldn't have to babysit college kids all day anymore, and no more having my heart ripped out at the end of a recruiting class because of the kid I didn't get thanks to his crazy dad. Ah, oh, sounds like heaven.
1: It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, participant in zero marathons, and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor.
0: I guess you could say that we are going to take a little bit of a departure away from the topic of recruiting. But I think it's an important topic to talk about because many times during the year, a typical head coach or assistant coach will have that thought run through his mind. You know what? Is this all worth it? Do I want to stay in college coaching? Is this really why I went to school for four or six years? And sometimes the answer is no, I need to do something else. And coaches leave the profession. And sometimes you just tamp it down, get through the little rough patch and continue to coach. And I guess the question we're asking today here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is central to any career in college athletics. And that question is, is the grass greener outside of coaching? Many of you know people who have left the profession and some miss it and some are breathing a sigh of relief. It just wasn't for them. And you might find yourself sort of caught in the middle. That's what today is all about. And our guest that we'll introduce you to here in just a few minutes took the plunge. Not only did she leave a successful Division I recruiting coordinator job and leave college and and coaching altogether, but she went one step further. Not only did she leave, but she became an entrepreneur and is running a business now. Was it always easy? No. Was it always fun? No. Does she have insights that can help you if you're in this tough decision-making process of, should I stay in the profession? Or are you just facing a tough question altogether? Should I take the new job? Should I risk leaving where I am and do something else within coaching? Those are the things that we want to attack today and we well in just a moment. But first, before we get to that, I wanted to remind you that if you're enjoying these podcasts that we do, and if you enjoy today's episode, make sure you subscribe. Uh, The College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. All three are the most popular forms of broadcasting and podcasting, and we want you to subscribe to those uh, to, to one of those channels so that you get any update that we give you, we'll automatically send that to you straight to your iPad, your iPhone, Android device, whatever you're listening to this on or directly on the internet through Stitcher. So there's lots of ways to listen, but we want you to subscribe. So if you haven't subscribed yet, you can do that on any one of those, uh, those, those mediums. You can also go to dantutor.com, uh, And look at our blog and go to the podcast section, and we have a complete library of all of our past topics, all of our past blog, uh, I'm sorry, podcast articles uh, and episodes on uh, on that site with a rundown of what each one is, the ability to listen to it right there, and also to subscribe to it. And we'd love for you to do that. And if I could ask you a favor as well. Could you also leave a review, hopefully a positive review, hopefully a five-star review, but we would love it if you would take the time in whatever medium you happen to be listening in and spend the extra couple of seconds giving us a review so that other coaches and other people that are interested in this topic could find it and know that it's something worthwhile that could improve their uh, their career as a college recruiter and as a college coach. So thank you for that. We're going to get right to today's episode because it's a long conversation with our guest, who is going to talk about the transition and the, the bravery it took to leave a Division I recruiting coordinator job, get out of college coaching altogether, and take the plunge opening her own business. I think you'll learn a lot from today's guest, and we want to pick that up and start that right now here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. All right, Coach, it's time to answer that central question, should I get out of coaching? Is the grass really greener on the other side of that fence? And that is something that our guest today asked herself, and for her, the answer was yes. And our guest today is Loretta Wilcher. And Loretta was a very successful, very highly regarded Division I recruiting coordinator at the University of Cincinnati for their women's basketball program, had a lot of success as a player and as a coach in different levels. At one point, however, a couple of years ago, she started to ask herself that question that we think many coaches ask themselves probably several times a year, is it time for me to get out of coaching? Should I do something else? And knowing that she asked herself this question, Uh, It was interesting to to talk to her uh, over the last couple of years as she has uh, evolved and gotten out of coaching and, and made this transition into the outside world. And I think the value that you're going to get from this episode today is insights on was it easy? What does she miss? What are the things that she considered before she left? How did she make that transition successfully? Because a lot of coaches don't. And I think through that, whether or not you're deciding to get out of coaching or if it's just facing a big decision within coaching, you're going to learn from her on what she did to make a successful transition. We are not here to advocate one thing or the other. We're not here to say, absolutely, at some point, you should get out of coaching because that is definitely not the right decision for many people. But if you are considering that, we want it to be a successful transition, and I think that she's going to give you a lot of insights into how she's done that. She left basketball, and she has since started a very successful uh, internet uh, resource for coaches. Uh, It is called Recruit Scheduling Solutions, and the the website is recruitss.com. And basically, what the service does is it helps uh, coaches in certain sports that they service to understand where their prospects are going to be playing, what tournaments, what fields and and courts and, and everything so that they are able to, the coaches are able to better plan their event uh, time and where they should be at what time. So, it's a fantastic service and it's a a great tracking tool for coaches that is growing in popularity. And it was the brainchild of our guest, Loretta Wilcher. So, she saw a need and decided, I'm going to get out of coaching and pursue continuing to help coaches, but doing it from the outside and from a technology standpoint. And I think what you're going to find, the one big thing that comes through here is that I think there is this misconception that, wow, if it's technology, it's going to be popular, and anybody who gets involved in that and has business around it is a multimillionaire. Loretta will kind of paint a different picture as she has grown the business and taken this plunge uh, and put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it. I will say at the start of the interview, I'm very thankful to her that she's willing to open herself up to this, uh, to just revealing how this process was, because as you can imagine, it's very personal. Uh things have not always gone smoothly. Anytime you operate a business and run a business, things don't always go smoothly. I can tell you stories on my side, and so can Loretta. But the point is, she took the risk. And she is very anxious to give back to coaches and the profession because she's still involved with it, and she wants all of you as listeners to understand what she did to make it as successful a transition as it was And again, with the hope that if you're facing a big question, you are able to uh, maybe use some of the the strategies and principles that she has grown by and lived uh, to help you make that decision. So, we started out the interview by asking a very simple question of Coach Wiltshire. And that question was, when you decided that it was time, what was the reason behind it? Why did you decide that it was time to stop being a college coach?
1: I first started thinking about um, where my life would go after women's basketball and coaching around the, uh, I want to say around 2011. Um, my son, my at the time my four-year-old son was um, starting to realize that mommy wasn't available a lot, and um, it got me to thinking about what else could. I do. you know what, what talents had I honed in on over um, 12 years of coaching college basketball. And so around 2011, I started to explore the option of getting out and how that would look. Um, first of all, I know that I've all I'm, all, I'm tied into this game. I, I love the sport. I love the relationships and so it was very very um important for me to stay connected and so um i decided to start looking at technology i was always very fascinated with technology and how we collect data and how we manage our jobs and our time and so um when the app um phase started coming in with the sport and we all got these fancy iPads and that I decided you know what this is pretty interesting let me look at this and in 2012 I came up with an idea of gathering data for you know college coaches right. and and okay. that's kinda how I made the transition
0: so let's, let's rewind that just a little bit so in 2011 you start thinking about this and like a lot of women's coaches in others in a lot of different sports but you know i do a lot of work with the wbca the women's basketball coaches association i know that's a big uh big focus for them is keeping women in their sports in the pull of family and or am i going to focus on career and so you were right in the middle of that talk to me about the were you scared Just with the idea and sort of making that jump, were you scared? I mean, you were doing it for the right reasons, and there were certainly some some good, noble focuses that you had in mind. But just talk to me about the emotions. I mean, what was that like as you were thinking about that and and getting closer to that?
1: Yeah, I was terrified. I mean, any time you spend a good portion of your life doing that one thing, that you feel really, really secure in. Did you hear my, my daughter in the
0: background? <laughs> I, now, I have three kids. It seems like she was asking if she could go pee-pee. Is That's that right? That's exactly
1: what she said. <laughs> She's got to go, so, like, right
0: now. <laughs> so, so do we? why don't we pause? Go ahead and pause, and, and you take care of that. Okay. All right. <laughs> huh. Well... This is the first. We are actually pushing the pause button here on the College Recruiting Weekly podcast for a pee-pee break. Uh, in the meantime, while that's getting taken care of, let me mention two things to you. First of all, it is time to register for the 2017 National Collegiate Recruiting Conference. We're holding it at Duke University, adjacent to Cameron Indoor Stadium, very historic site and we want you there it is three days of experts coaches and everybody in between including myself coming in and teaching coaches how to recruit more effectively so that when next season starts you will be able to dominate your competition it is insanely inexpensive to attend we need you there though because if you aren't there you're not going to learn so go to our website dantutor.com, look at the conferences tab Read all the information about the conference and make sure you sign up. We want you there June 6th through the 8th, 2017. Please make plans to attend. And if you can't be there, there's also a tab to watch the video afterwards. But you have to sign up for that. So make sure you do that as you listen to the podcast. The second thing I will mention is that it is time if you are in after your season Uh, or if you are somebody that is planning already for next year's recruiting class, to talk to us about becoming a client. Uh, We have openings in certain sports in certain parts of the country. We would love to hear from you if you have interest in having us help you. There's an interview process. It's not something where you click a button and sign up. We have to know that we can help and we have to understand what your goals are. But if it's a match, it's highly effective We employ a lot of science and psychology and sales and communication techniques that most college coaches don't use. If you feel like your recruiting classes could be better, if only you were a better communicator or had a better system in place, that's where we can help. So email me directly, dan at dantutor.com. I would love to have that conversation with you and see if it might be a good fit. With that, let's get back to the podcast now that the first ever PP break is over. Yes, (laughs) Yes, ma'am.
1: <laughs> yeah, so so Tuesday Tuesday would have been perfect because I had a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's no problem. I don't know. No problem. This is this is that fits right into the topic of the interview of why you made this decision, <laughs> and so that was almost like that was from central casting. They just said, "Okay, cue the baby," and. <laughs> It was it was almost too good. So so you were saying before the P emergency happened uh about being about being terrified. So I don't know if you can switch gears and get back into um uh going back to two thousand eleven when you were terrified. Talk to me about that.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, I, I um I went through a lot of different uh what ifs, you know, um what were the what-ifs?
0: What were the what-ifs? Because I think a lot of right. college coaches go through that.
1: Yeah. So my first what-if was, um, I love this game, and what if I'm not good at doing something else? And what if I'm not good at something else? Um, and trying to hone in on those talents or those skill sets. And she's going to sing through... The,
0: the, the <laughs> That's okay. That's you know what it's perfect background noise. This 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 fits <laughs> into the, topic of the whole thing. It is, yeah. It makes me fe- dad of three kids. It makes me feel right at home, Larita. So just just go ahead and, and just go ahead and talk, and and we'll uh, we'll see what else happens with uh, with your with your daughter.
1: Okay. Awesome. Well, um, again, not knowing exactly what I was good at outside of you know helping. Uh, recruit, um, talking to kids on a phone, you know, trying to understand what the student athlete needs. Um, I, I was kind of soul searching, trying to figure out what else I could be good at. Right. Um, I also wanted to make sure that I could help provide for my family. You know, my husband is a hard working guy, but uh, here, come sit with mommy. <laughs>
0: Now just so for everybody listening, your daughter's name is
1: This is Lauren and Lauren will be 3 March 5th and she is the sunshine of our world right now. She's all of it. That's awesome. <laughs> she, she inserts herself in any way that she can. So we're That's we're, awesome.
0: So oh, really you know, so since she's on your lap and and she has already made herself a prominent part of the webcast or the uh, the podcast, I'm just Absolutely. wondering you know, when, you know, so this is what I think a lot of coaches, male or female, that have families at home that they might be sacrificing time with in order to coach, uh, does this part of it make it all worth it?
1: Yeah, this is uh, beyond, like, you know, Lauren wasn't uh, a part of the equation when I first right. decided to, to step away. Right. And I, I could have never imagined a bigger blessing you know for myself my family my son at the time who was the only child
0: right you have an older son uh, too
1: i do he's he's 10 and uh, like i said we we never ex- you know expected to have such a tremendous change of course but it's right. been it's been great it's right. been really 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 good
0: so as 2011 starts to play out, and you're you're going through this uh, this this decision process, when do you remember the time when you decided, okay, I've got to make this move? Like, was it one moment, or was it a series of things that just over time you just slowly came to that realization?
1: Yeah, I don't think you know anything ever happens at one moment. It may feel that way, but it was a, a course of uh, a couple of different events. You know, um, being at the BCS level, um, it was very, very demanding and I felt like I was doing a pretty good job helping our, our then head coach, um, you know, g- gain goals and that type of thing. But we just, um, you know, it was really, it was really difficult. Um, and so I had to be very creative in how I, you know, gave my, um, my talents to that scenario um, I was able to meet and establish a lot of different relationships, and which helped me um, kind of take that with me as I went into this new direction. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to understand exactly what, you know, I was going to be able to, you know, I always knew I wanted to give back to the sport and to the scenario that helped me become the woman that I was. I just need to figure out exactly what that meant.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think a lot of coaches, as they consider things outside of sports, or outside of coaching rather, look at what other job could I get? What company will hire me? And maybe it is a, a, an athletic-related company where they can use those talents. You kind of, kind of one-up to that by saying, okay. I'm going to not only get out of coaching, but I'm not going to go into a – sort of an established steady paying job i'm going to start a business and furthermore i'm going to start something that nobody else is doing or has done before which i don't know do you look back and say that was crazy or that's just who loretta wilcher is and that you needed to do that
1: <laughs> yeah I, i'm going to say all of the above yeah it was pretty daring but as I look back on my life and who I am and how I kind of got to where I am, um, that's who—that's innate. You know, I am a—I'm uh, a trendsetter. I get out there and I just do it. Um, a lot of times, people will call it stepping out on faith, and so that's—that's that's just who I am. So, right. right. So yeah.
0: What, I mean, as you're out of it now, what do you miss, what do you miss about it? Or what, Maybe again, let's not get too far ahead. When you first left, you made that decision, which was in what year?
1: 2012, I okay, so, stepped out. Yeah.
0: Okay. So talk to me about that moment when you knew you were going to go in and have that conversation with your head coach and the department. What was that like? Like, what was the, <laughs> was the heart pounding a little bit, uh, a little bit faster that day?
1: Absolutely. Um, I, I remember it vividly. It was the uh, So
0: walk us, walk us through that. And again, I'm asking because a lot of coaches, this is the part they're trying to imagine if they ever decided to get out of coaching.
1: Right. So this again, this wasn't an overnight decision. you know I had had conversations throughout the last season, you know that I was thinking about doing something else. Uh, my heart was pulling me in other directions and I was you know just kind of soul-searching about what that exactly was going to be right um, so I I decided that after the season once recruiting was you know in place and we had the kids that we were going to uh, you know identify signed up as far as visits and all that type of thing at that point I decided that you know what I'm gonna go ahead and give my two-week um, resignation, right? And um, started talking to the head coach and you know our administration about you know a a really smooth transition and how that would look. And they were more than supportive. In fact, they became you know right off the bat one of my first clients because they believed in. What I was doing, um, I was passionate about it, and I'd been doing my homework. You know, I'd been right. interviewing them and other people, so it just made sense.
0: And I think that was that's an important point to make: is that if a coach is thinking about doing something else, or let's say they are, they want to change in their life, or they're not satisfied with coaching. And let's face it, it's not right for everybody. Or maybe it was at one point in a life, and then it, you transition into a different point, and there needs to be a change. You, you you said something very important. This was not an overnight decision, and you really did your homework about what was the thing that you were going to go into. Uh, and so for a coach that's listening to this that might be thinking, look, I know I need to be doing something different. I just got to get out of coaching, and we'll figure the rest of it out later. Uh, it sounds like your advice to them would be, whoa, hold on a second. You you need to make sure you, you, you're you professional and logical about this and, and step into something you know that you know where that that direction is going
1: absolutely and you're not gonna know it all the way through but you have to have your your ducks in a row so to speak right Um, you know I had you know some money saved us you know us put aside for rainy days you know my husband was on board and you know we were making the necessary steps to get us prepared for what was, you know, and any change is going to be a little bit difficult. So we were we were expecting that, and we were prepared for it as best okay. we
0: could. Right, right. So when you had that conversation, the staff was supportive, the school was supportive. Did you ever, though, get the question from either peers or anybody else outside of the school that basically said, Lorita, what are you doing? You got such a great job. You're at you know high level division one. You know, or what are you doing? Did you ever get the people who questioned why you were making the decision?
1: Absolutely. I mean, people have their own perception of Lorita Wheelchair and who right. she is and what that means. And so, I mean, I, I got it from family members, I, I got it from my peers, um, but the people that were closest to me, you know, the people that understood, you know, what made me tick and why I was making the decision, they were very supportive. Right. And so keeping, you know, those people near, and uh, having a strong faith, and um, who you are and what you want to accomplish, you know, it, that that helped me. You know that, that helped me right. make the the transition. So. so and
0: yeah. I ask you that question just because I think so many coaches are aware of what other people think of them and that really matters to them and so i could see them not making a decision uh, of any kind it may maybe it's not even it's not even getting out of the sport maybe it's i'm going to leave this division one assistant job and go be a d3 head coach or maybe it's i'm a d3 head coach now and i control my own program but i have this opportunity to go be a d1 assistant it's just change whatever that change is Is governed so often by what other people think, or what are they going to say, or how am I going to tell people that? And it sounds like you had a good degree of confidence in yourself to say, you know, what I'm, I'm comfortable with this decision. And so, I I guess I'm just, I'm prefacing that maybe with this question, for this question, which is, what would your advice be to people that are, that are, or coaches that are considering a big change? possibly getting out of coaching when it comes to what other people will say?
1: Yeah, I I, I would be um, unrealistic to say that you're never gonna you shouldn't worry about what other people think of you because as a human you know that happens but sure. um, you, you you have to um, prepare your 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 mental um, and your spirit you know for for such a change because change is inevitable it's going to happen whether you know you, you unfortunate you get let go you know you get fired and you, and you don't have a choice right um, or you know an opportunity comes about so you off you, you have to be prepared especially in the field of, of coaching you have to be prepared for change I think people get in trouble when they um, in their mind, they think they're that they don't have to. They're not going to have to deal with change. That's where they get in trouble. I don't think there's a coach that's been coaching for a number of years who 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 isn't prepared or is trying to prepare themselves for when the ball stops bouncing or, right. um, you know, what that new opportunity is going to be. So, I think the safest thing is to always be prepared, always be ready for another opportunity or you know whatever that means for you. Right. But yeah, you know, it, it would be you know, unrealistic to say that change will, will not happen cuz it's inevitable.
0: Right. Right. Okay, we'll we'll come back to the, the decision part of this and some of the things that were we're going uh, on with that and maybe some of the lessons that you learned. But I want to dive into a little bit of once you made the decision, once you you had that last day, you made that move and now you're at home and it's day 1 of your your new life. What was that like?
1: <laughs> uh yeah. So it was it was um it was very interesting. Going through a lot of different emotions from wow, I'm free to <laughs> oh my god, you know, but what am I going to do with myself?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> you
1: right. know, you know all those things. Um, I'm going to be very honest with you Dan. I didn't have a whole lot of time to reflect on it because I had some Situations in my life that I had to um, to dive really deep into. Mm-hmm. Um, my my brother, my younger brother, um, he was in a tremendous accident and he became paralyzed.
0: Oh wow! You know,
1: uh, you know, very soon after me kind of retiring from the sport, um, and so I was I had to dive deep and help my family transition through that, and. Um, you know trying to figure out how do i get a a business started you know i had so many things on my plate dan that i didn't have time to really um reflect on you know what do i do with myself because i had i had plenty to do i had plenty
0: right yeah Mm -hmm. okay so you started a a company this goes back to the idea that you had revolving around technology and the needs and even finding a way to be involved and and sort of give back to your sport and you started recruit scheduling solutions so, just as a maybe, explain in a nutshell to people that are listening that haven't heard of that before what that is and how you came up with the idea.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm sitting at my desk, and you know it's it's the beginning of uh,
0: while you were a coach.
1: Yeah. While yeah. I'm yeah. While I'm I'm at uh, the university I was at at the time. I'm sitting at my desk and I'm and I'm painting about. Exactly, uh, this process that we always go through of compiling information and then, you know, making sure that everybody's on the same page and that's, you know, gathering the data to recruit your top prospects. And uh, I'm going to myself, you know, why doesn't somebody do this? Like, why am I searching on the internet? You know, why is this such a pain of a process? And uh, it kind of hit me, and I'm going, wow, technology is taking us towards apps for everything. Everybody wants their information in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, a real quick manner. Why don't we have it for this? And it started me kind of thinking about the processes in which I was taken in order to gather that data and then what I was doing with the data once I got it and um, I just inserted technology with it I said you know what it should be in one location um, and everybody should have it on their smartphone on their you know on their tablet and it should be synced amongst the entire staff so what I created was a tool that would gather all of your prospects data as far as their schedules um, and compile it into a, uh, a situation where um, you know at a, at, a, at a click of a button you can figure out where your prospects are and how it you know um, how your schedule could play out you know based right. on all of their schedules so right. that's that's what i came up with
0: that's it and, and so yeah. you you started it became a multi-millionaire and now <laughs> you're probably getting ready to go play tennis or go to the club
1: yeah, that's 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 the. Uh... It was
0: easy. It was easy starting a technology <laughs> company, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, with absolutely no technology uh, background at all. You know, there's a lot of research. I'm learning every single day of this journey, and uh, it's been fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, but so take me back to the beginning because I remember you know talking to you back. I can't believe it's been that long now. Back in 2012, as you were starting and. You know, there's always I mean, you're talking to somebody else that started a business and so I know what what you're talking about and other coaches. Uh, whether mm-hmm. they run a camp or they do anything related to their job that maybe is on the side or they came from the business world into coaching, they can relate to the fact that that leaving and starting your own thing is not is not an easy thing. It's not a, a quick thing. So give me like some of the again for everybody that is out there romancing the idea of starting something like you did on the technology side and leaving leaving sports not that they shouldn't do that but but what were some of the first like reality checks that you got early on as you as you made that transition
1: yeah well first of all I had to do my homework you know I had to figure out exactly you know um, what the latest trend was with, um, with technology, you know, how are people most often doing their jobs and even outside of the sporting world, how are people managing their time? Um, so I had to do some research. I talked to many different people. Um, I talked to Stephanie Zonars and, Mm -hmm. you know, she, she, she does a lot of blogging and a lot of, um, coaching actually of, um, of college coaches and so she kind of helps mentor. Um, the college coach on on wellness and balance. I talked to Dan Tudor, who is one of my my biggest um, you know friends. In the business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You, so so you, you caught on to that. Absolutely. Uh, Dan Dan was awesome, man. He was able to uh, give me some light, give me some resources as far as books and podcasts, and uh, gave me many you know, different platforms in order to kind of get my, um, my feet wet in the business world. So the well, first thing I, I, I remember, did...
0: I remember, too, not to be you too far off the topic, but there were a couple times where we had some talk you down off the ledge moments. So like, give me... <laughs> I mean, not that I want to, you know, bear your soul to the world that's listening, but can you give us an example again? Just the idea of starting something new that revolves around technology, being out of coaching now... I'm just wondering like give like give an example of a hurdle that you faced early on that maybe you weren't expecting or that seemed or it turned out to be harder than you um than than, than you were anticipating at first.
1: I think the biggest thing and the, and the and the thing that I struggle with the most now even is um being confident in presenting to your peers, somebody who you work with in another um, area or a different um, way, to get them to see you as something else, as a business person now selling oh, your yeah. product. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. coming, you know, not calling, you know, my good friend or you know associate about who they were recruiting, but you know and 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 you know did you get her on campus and all those types of things but now presenting to them an opportunity for a to do business, business idea exactly and so putting on a different hat in and a you, different you, you way. Said you said know?
0: something really important there and again it goes back to I think the whole idea of of making a jump whatever it is it doesn't have to be out of coaching it could be again to take the job to take the risk to rebuild the program or to leave one area go to another but the confidence And maybe there were times where you lacked that confidence or questioned your confidence. How did you get through that?
1: Yeah, I just kept, you know, I kept at it. You know, I talked to some people that... (laughs) That's Lauren. (laughs) Lauren now wants to go outside on the balcony. Okay, go ahead. So, um, you know... What was what was I saying, Dan? I'm sorry. You
0: were talking about the confidence and and just you know how did you, I guess how did you get past? Yeah. Maybe not being as confident as you are now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I did was I talked to people who I knew cared about me. You know, I talked to them about the idea first, and uh, I told them to give me their honest opinions about um, my product and what I was offering to the game, Mom, and once I got, ga- I gained enough, um, Loretta, you're doing the right thing, you're doing it for the right reasons, me. Right. I, you know, it instantly, come outside and come outside and no, I can't, I can't come outside with you, Lauren, because, <laughs> yeah, there might be bugs out there, so let's, uh, okay, you take your chalk out there. <laughs>
0: You want your <laughs> shoes
1: on? Okay, go get your shoes. Hurry up. All right. So um, once I gained enough, yes, Loretta, you're you know you're on the right path, and we would be very interested in hearing more about what you have. I think that instantly equated to confidence for me. Right. because um, I never wanted to be a slimy salesperson. Right. You know. Right. And go in. Selling
0: things that I wasn't passionate
1: or believed in, right. and so, you
0: know. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll make a quick point. If you want to get Lauren shoes on, well, while I do this, then <laughs> okay. that's that's good too. We'll sort of tag team it here. That I think what I, the point that I would sort of stop right here and make the point to coaches that are again e- either involved in deciding whether or not they take a new position, or maybe it is the decision to get out of coaching the fact that you may not have confidence in it or the fact that you may not have the right experience or any history at what you're about to do that doesn't necessarily matter as much as as actually taking the steps towards action and towards doing it and I think as we listen to Coach Wilcher and and what she made the decision to do all along the way the key steps for her were action not second-guessing herself even when she was feeling uh, unconfident and not second-guessing herself or delaying just because she didn't have a foolproof this can't fail plan in front of her it was taking the actionable steps and i mean it literally if you can just talk to that just about sort of the the action items and the steps involved how how important was that? Just waking up one, you know, each day and, and keep on doing, you know, step after step after step.
1: Yeah. So, I think the first thing for me that I had to do was I had to, you know, surround myself with positive energy um, on a constant basis because the moment you start, um, you know, getting doubt and doubtful. Um, it's gonna it's gonna slow you up a bit, and you're not gonna want to take the next the next step. Um, the next thing I did was, um, you know, again I did I did my research, um, and I I put people around me that weren't necessarily um, like me, or they, they had different gifts than I did. Right. Um, I you know, I surrounded myself with people who were really good with business and had, uh, you know, started companies and and uh, were creative in that in that way. and and I, and I asked them questions and I and I prodded them about what they were doing or what they had done. Um,
0: as, as you were going through that, and in the midst of trying to surround yourself with with good people and everything, and again, taking step after step, If you look back now, were there any moments where you were dealing with something or a situation that, again, when you were coaching, you could have never imagined yourself, you know, dealing with a certain problem or dealing with a certain situation that you ended up dealing with? And and I just, for instance, I remember one time you called and, and you were a little bit, you know, frustrated and frazzled just because you were dealing with programmers in India. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of coaches you know, part of the, if you're going to run a tech business at some point, you're probably going to deal with programmers in India. And I just like, what was that like? Or what were some of the other things that you look back now on and think, wow, that was really crazy that I actually, you know, was doing something so far and away from recruiting and coaching college basketball. Yeah.
1: That whole, that whole, um, experience was, it was, it was nuts. Um, First of all, the the, the communication barrier um, with dealing with somebody else in another country is, you know, you, you take for granted that, you know, you and I can communicate and understand right. each other. <laughs> right. But when you're dealing with people who, who have no concept of sport, one, and you're trying to portray your vision, you know, to go into a software that's going to, you know, output a certain result, it was... Uh, it took a lot of patience. Um, I had to think about this business idea in so many different um, ways and from so many different angles, in order for me to to get it to where you know where it is now. Right. Um, but yeah, that whole experience dealing with India and uh, late nights. I mean, they're 12 hours ahead of us, and so oftentimes. I'm breaking my rest, you know, to talk to these people at two, three o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, just uh, trusting somebody that you can't touch and feel, um, and you're and you're sending money out there to them. You know, that's right. that's a whole nother that's a whole another level of trust, Dan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that.
1: And then making sure that you're, you know, you're spending your efforts in the right way. You know, am I, am I doing the right thing? Along, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, you know, well, what if, what if people don't want this? You know, oh, so, yeah. you know, um,
0: so it was. Yeah, just it, 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 it back away for a second. Just that that concept of what if. I mean, how often does that run through people's minds? And, and certainly it does through a coach's mind, just in your, you know, mainly related to game situations or if this recruit doesn't work out. But now you're dealing with something that it's success or failure and it's your success or failure. And I think for some people, the what ifs in life or the what ifs about a big decision can be crippling, paralyzing. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you just as you went through all the what if scenarios, not just about programmers in India but really about all the aspects of what you were in the middle of doing.
1: Yeah, my, my biggest what if was trying to, um, to come to an understanding for myself that Loretta, nobody really knows they need what you're going to provide to them yet and so you have to kind of work through that patience within yourself to know that you're doing something that nobody has even thought about and i'm sure that's what many you know innovators go right. through you know you're you're stepping out there and you're saying you know what this is a need you don't know it yet but it is and if you just trust me and you um you share my vision then you're going to see it and i think that's what we've been able to do over the course of 5 years we've been able to touch you know many different programs and they're all saying you know what, Loretta, this is a great product. I'm going to share it. Um, you know, so, and, and we also have, you know, we have another company who is doing, you know, very, you know, similar things to what we're doing. So, that's, pre- I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Right. And I'm not going to lie. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's all I ever really wanted. I wanted to give back and, um, you know, kind of change up how recruiting was being um, handled or managed.
0: So. Right right yeah the competition part because you mentioned a, a competitor has creeped into the picture I'm just wondering like do you like the competition is that does that fire you up or do you notice yourself react differently to that kind of a competition versus what you would face on the court or for a you retreat? know
1: yeah I'm a coach you know I like I like competition um, I think oftentimes people take competition as a negative thing i I did until I was um Mentored by some very, you know, key people in my life that say, you know what, competition just means that somebody else saw the vision and they want to be a part of it too, um, and it, it's actually a good thing. Now it gives you a, a measuring stick. Um, it gives you uh, motivation, you know, to do more and to. Um, I mean, I started this thing, so now it's kind of up to me to keep it to keep it moving and keep it going. So. So yeah you know the competition thing it, it is it is scary and I think every coach can appreciate that but at the end of the day if you got no competition there is no game you know right. you got to play the game
0: so that's really good that's a great that is a great quote That belongs on the back of the company t-shirt. If there isn't any competition there is no game. that's how about that That is fantastic. That's copyright Loretta Wilchard 2017 <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What is it that you uh what is it that you feel like you got the, the biggest hurdle that you cleared in doing all this? Like what are you you look back so far and you're not your story's not done yet and the company is still mm-hmm. rising and developing and gaining clients and status, but I'm just wondering what is it so far that you look back and say, "Man, I'm really proud of myself for either getting over this hump or doing this or accomplishing X." What is that?
1: Yeah, for the longest time, Dan, um, I, I think, especially in, a, in the coaching world, typically, you go from being an assistant coach and your next goal for yourself is to, you know, to somehow look at being a head coach or moving over what they call it six inches to the next seat, right?
0: <laughs> in basketball, <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so,
1: but, but, but for um, a business person... One, it's getting through those first five years in which most companies, you know, they either fold or they're not very successful. Um, I've been able to do that. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's it's been tough. Uh, I've also learned some things about myself innately. You know, I am able to be a CEO of a company. Right. You know, Um, I'm able to uh, give direction and a vision to a group of people. It's a small group of people, but, and we're able to follow through and carry out the vision. Um, we, we're, we're about to launch a, um, a new version of our software. We've added some features. We're just keeping a pulse on, you know, what college coaches are wanting and needing out there. And we're providing those things, man. And that's, right. you know, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool you know after 5 years of you know kind of bootstrapping this thing and you know taking it from point a to point b to point c we're still we're still in the fight and we even we even happen to you know get the attention of of another big company who wants to do what we're doing right that's pretty cool yeah
0: right so with with the accomplishment again you've talked about some of the struggles just to take it one step further and ask you to share something again, just as a, for somebody that is going through big decisions or do I stay in coaching or do I take that other job uh, and that starting a company isn't necessarily glamorous and easy and quick, talk about one of the times where you just sort of broke down and cried. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that often.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why, just yesterday, Dan, uh, I... Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Um, <laughs> you know my biggest moment was um at the final four um in Orlando or Miami wherever it was in Florida okay and um I was out there I had the booth you know I was in a booth and uh, I had Which aren't coaches, it, they co- don't
0: give they don't give those away either those cost money no if, if they yeah. do okay. <laughs>
1: I had my, uh, my business cards, you know, and I'm, I'm looking the part and I had to, I had to step away to a bathroom really quick. And I said, wow, I just thought of this whole thing and I'm presenting myself and representing myself to these, to my peers. And they all think it's pretty cool. They're coming up and they're, they're giving me hugs and they're shaking my hand and it's like you know how can how can you help them you know how how can I give to them and that was it was awesome I had to call my mom so so you
0: cried a little bit in the bathroom Mm mm-hmm
1: I did I did because I was doing
0: it and here's here's what's cool about that I thought maybe you would talk about a stressful time or something where something didn't work and it caused you to sort of break down for a minute but what's really cool is that you thought of the the, the celebration moment where it was not tears of, of angst or anger or regret, it was a tear tears of joy a little bit and the sense of accomplishment. And since you went that direction, the follow up question that I'll ask you is would anything else that you would have done could that have equaled the satisfaction as you were, you know, shedding a few tears of joy I'm just, was there anything else that could have equaled that in terms of just the feeling of self-accomplishment that you had in that moment? Had you not gone through all the stuff that you went through to get to that point?
1: Oh, that's a tough question. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of my reality and how it played out. Let's see, anything that could have happened?
0: Well, I'm just wondering, is it, I, the sense of satisfaction and the fact that you did it, if you had been a rep for a company and you were at the trade booth and uh, and everything, and you, I, you probably wouldn't have gone to the bathroom and shed tears of joy that you were out of coaching and now you were a, a sales rep for the company, I'm just wondering, is that something that is innate at when you take the big step and start something and do something yourself? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I. there's no other feeling. You know, you. Um, and, you know when you're doing it for you um and you know when it's an idea you want to wash your hands okay go get me your
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> go get your wife she's like you know she's a very dainty clean Daya. young young girl so you know we, we, we definitely want to encourage that so yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, because you've got you've got the older son, so we know how those. I have I have a son the same age, so we know how they roll. It's not dainty and it's not clean. It's not clean. So, Lorita, I first of all, I, um, for people, and I have a couple more sort of closing, sort of philosophical questions that I want you to answer, just to sort of give advice to some coaches. But um, the company is recruit scheduling solutions that you've started. And it's going well. You have clients. It is a highly effective service and a, a huge time saver. But how can people find it and and also get in touch with you? And not only just about the company, but and again, I'm I'm throwing this at you. If they wanted to confide in you, somebody now outside of the business and. And ask a question of somebody that's gone through this big life change and they got out of coaching or they made this big decision, how could they contact you to either ask about the business or just to sort of bend your ear and, and now where you can become a mentor to them as they go through a big decision?
1: Absolutely. Dan, I was even gonna give you my business phone number for this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put out my, my personal um way to get in contact with me, because you, you added a whole different, not just for the potential client, but for right, someone who, right. is, who is thinking about making that uh, transition. And so what I would like to do is to first offer my my website, which is, this is very simple, www.recruits, like Sam, com recruit,
0: recruit SS, which is Recruit Scheduling Solutions.
1: That is correct. And you can even find it by going RecruitSchedulingSolutions.com as well. Yeah,
0: okay. And then your your um, contact information.
1: Yeah, my phone number is area code 513-376-0011. Again, that's 513-376-0011.
0: Okay. And so if you're a coach And, and you're listening to this and you're in the middle of making a big decision, whether it's... Should I stay in coaching, leave coaching, or I have this idea and I want to start it, or just should I, you know, it's just about decision-making and is this going to be better for my life? And not that, Loretta, you would consider yourself uh, the, uh, the perfect life coach, but you've gone through it, and so that's one step more than what a lot of coaches have done. Um, and I appreciate you being willing just to let them have somebody on the outside that they could talk to maybe for advice. So that's that's awesome. Um, here's how I want to end this, and I appreciate uh, appreciate your time and Lauren's time. I'm sorry we took Mom away from <laughs> Lauren for 45 minutes, but do you have? Could you end with sort of three philosophies that you would want to, or little phrases or things that you sort of live by that have gotten you through this big decision, and uh, that you could pass on to other coaches? Just sort of, you know, if you were gonna. Um, give them three things to sort of live by, or as they make big decisions, what they should remember, what would those three things be?
1: Wow, Dan, that's... um,
0: And I hit you with that. I didn't give you (laughs) warning about that because I wanted to just be straight from the heart, not pre-rehearsed, so just fire away. Whatever comes to your gut about advice that that you would give those coaches. Yeah,
1: so my my first... um, you know, one one core thing that I that I live by is, um, you know, having uh, some faith in yourself um, that you're that you're perfect. You know that you you've been given all the talents and and skill sets that you need um, to do anything and to be um, an important factor to how we do, you know, how how we do things right. in life in general. So. Y- you're equipped you can do it first of all um the second thing that i would say would be um follow your dreams Mm. you know those those things that uh keep you up at night and if you keep coming coming back to it then explore it you know there's there's nothing wrong with exploring and kind of stepping out of the box in fact I've learned that there is no box, you know, and any box, (laughs) (laughs) you you know, any, any box that you form for yourself, you kind of, you're holding yourself back. So, you know, get rid of those boxes, man. And just, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Um, my last thing would be, you know, surround yourself, uh, with love and people that care um and show love and care and know why you're doing whatever it is that you're that you're wanting to do you know you're always going to have the doubt in your mind a little bit and you're going to have some naysayers but if the core of it is love and, and you really wanted to help um, you know then everything else is going to you know fall into place so I don't know, maybe it's all kind of cliche, but these are things that I, I kind of reflect on. And I've been through a journey, right. man. My my journey has not been easy, Um, has not been a cakewalk whatsoever, but, um, you know, just keeping to those core things, is it's been, it's been amazing.
0: So the journey that amazing. wasn't the cakewalk that you're still in the middle of, the last question mm-hmm. I have for you is, was it worth it, would you do it again? Knowing yeah, everything you know, you know now, would you do it again? <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, in fact, I probably would have, uh, I won't say do it sooner, but I would have prepared myself a little bit better. You know, I often thought about taking some business courses and doing, you know, just kind of, but you know what though, Dan, as I look back on it, I think some of the experiences that I gained um, and the way that I did it kind of helped me too. So, but yeah, I think I would do it all over again. Yeah. Um, I certainly like being the uh, managing my time, and I, I love my family and being with them. And I love giving back to the game. So absolutely, this has been this has been a great a great uh, a great
0: walk. Fantastic words of advice from Larita Wilcher, our guest today. Thank you, Coach. We really appreciate your insights and the willingness. To open up and talk about this transition and we wish you all the best you can go to recruitss.com to take a look at her service it is extremely helpful to coaches so take a look folks we'll be back next time with another episode of college recruiting weekly the podcast until then have a great week